in Philippians chapter two, verses 14 and 15, it says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. Today, Paul's kicking it old school and the Philippians are a little bit grumbly. This is day seven. Welcome to the Journey Through Philippians podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's word. Together, we'll discuss the context and meaning of each passage and how the book of Philippians can help us understand more about who God is and the story he's writing for each of us every day. Kicking it like um, Oh, how's that go? Kicking it like I'm an old, old fool. school. Who's <laughs> so cool? If you want to get down, let me show you the way. Whoop, Whoop there, there it is. is. Let me hear you say. think of. That's great. Me well, too. I'm <laughs> I'm back for day seven. I'm Tyler. I'm here with Brendan Lang. Hey, and Melissa Payne. Hello. This is great. Your names rhyme perfectly. Lang and Payne. Lang like, brings the pain, and I'll just be over here, just <laughs> Hoff. by myself. It's fine. Hoff. It's cool. Hey, for day seven, just curious. Yep. What's your strangest gripe? My strangest like you're grumbly about this. My strangest this. gripe. Yeah, yeah. Not like your biggest gripe. You assume I have a lot of gripes. People know, right? Uh, <laughs> I know you, you have a lot of gripes, Brendan. <laughs> and if you could, none about me. None about right. Possible. Just keep I have me a lot out of it. You. Yeah. Okay. Like by gripe, do you mean like pet peeve? Sure. Like thing that like just that annoys thing that's me. Just like over mm. and over, you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, what is? Mm. Yeah. You know, what I don't like is when silverware scratches a plate. Is Ooh. that? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Like the act of it, or just like you don't like scratched plates with silverware. Yeah, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like to look at a plate. Tarnishing the one dollar plate that I got from Goodwill. Yeah, <sighs> no. You know what I'm talking about? Like that sound oh, I know. when people are. Mm. Yeah, it's yes. like totally. Ooh. It's almost where like using plastic, like those reusable yeah. plastic plates, just mm-hmm. so that sound never mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. yeah, but I care about the planet, so that's good. They yeah. were recycled plastic <laughs> plates, <laughs> and I invited you into my home, Brendan. <laughs> You're just gonna diss my plates right no. now? All right, I've got a new gripe. I'm just kidding. Uh, Okay. Well, I would say probably, it's probably not strange, but the thing that bothers me the most is when people chew with their mouths open or smack <laughs> their food when they eat. Again, you're just looking right <laughs> at me. I'll say you just looked at me. I looked I, at Brendan. I, I looked over and Melissa's looking right at me. I really am not looking at either of you. Okay. Because I felt like, I mean, you guys eat kind of normal. Kind of. You haven't spent enough <laughs> time with us. Yeah. We haven't been really hungry around you, apparently. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah, we just inhale it. Have you had like a bad experience that made you realize this? Oh, like, yeah. when did yeah, you I realize you this? talking about this. My dad hated when we chewed our gum and smacked it. Mm. It was either like, keep it in your mouth or out. So maybe that was like my upbringing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Tyler. <laughs> yes, Brendan. What, <laughs> what, what, what can I gripe? What is your strangest <laughs> gripe? I don't know why this is the first one that came to mind. It's probably a lot of people's. But I hate it when lights are not timed together. Hmm. You know, like, so you'll be on a stretch of, like, every block there's a light, and you just oh. hit every red light yes. just oh, as it turns traffic yes. lights. Me, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, no, I'm like, curious about the science behind that. Like, yeah, like, what, how, somebody's going to, like, email in and be like, hey, actually, I'm going to travel like special. <laughs> it's as harder than you think. <laughs> we try. Yeah. You try. Let's try a little harder. Because like, because then you're stuck in the intersection and you can't get through. Yeah. And so and, like everybody's yeah. backed up. There's one intersection on the way to O'Hare, kind of yeah. from where we live. And it doesn't matter. There's two train lines. They're not the same train line. Oh, they have a yeah. different crossing. Oh, They're at a V as well as the roads next to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And for a while there was construction. There's not now. doesn't yeah. matter. 
every time it's light, 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 light. You hit every red light. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's stopped because you can't move forward. It's yeah. just like, just right. don't have lights. <laughs> just no lights. Or Bring trains. on the chaos. Just four-way yeah. stop signs. Yeah, or like know. roundabouts. Okay. That's what, that was great in Greece. Yeah. All the roundabouts. Mm-hmm. Lots of roundabouts. Yeah. <laughs> no traffic. <laughs> no traffic. <laughs> no traffic rules, apparently. So. <laughs> Well, today, the Philippians are definitely grumbling, or Mm. it seems like that. There's a lot of reading between the lines that is going to have to happen today. So, Brendan, why don't you take us through the commentary for today? Day seven, do everything without grumbling. Unlike most of Paul's other letters, and for that matter, most other New Testament books, the letter to the Philippians includes no direct quotes from the Old Testament. This may be because the church in Philippi was made up almost entirely of people from a non-Jewish background, so the congregation may have been less familiar with the Old Testament. Another possibility is that Paul did not need to cite the Old Testament because he was not writing to correct bad theology like he did in other letters. Whatever the case may be, as someone who is immersed in scripture, Paul couldn't help but allude to the Old Testament from time to time because it was so thoroughly entrenched in his way of thinking. In today's reading, Paul makes a few Old Testament allusions. In Philippians 2, 14-15, Paul writes, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. The first Old Testament allusion Paul makes is with the word translated as grumbling. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, this word was used predominantly to describe Israel's attitude toward God after he had saved them from their slavery in Egypt. The believers in Philippi evidently also struggled with grumbling, though their grumbling was more towards each other than towards God. Paul chose to leverage this distinctive term to teach readers that grumbling, whether it is towards God or towards others, has no place in the life of those who have been saved. Instead, we should be glad and rejoice. Another Old Testament allusion Paul makes plays off of what scripture teaches happened to Israel as a result of their grumbling. Deuteronomy 32.5 says that the Israelites lost their status as children of God and became a warped and crooked generation. Here in Philippians, Paul reshapes the verse from Deuteronomy to give his readers a positive vision for what they could become if they would give up grumbling. Children of God in a warped and crooked generation. Paul's point for his Philippian readers was that grumbling was inappropriate for them as a saved people because it prevented them from being the beacon of light that their Greco-Roman world so desperately needed. This point stands for us today. When we allow division, complaints, and arguments to occupy our minds and take control in our relationships, we fail to adequately reflect the message of the gospel. But if we would make the uncommon decision to rejoice and let unity prevail, we could show the light of Jesus to the world and shine among them like stars in the sky. For day seven, we're reading Philippians chapter two, verses 12 through 18. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Melissa, you want to take us through our discussion questions and maybe leave a little bit of space between each one so we can journal and reflect? First question, Philippians 2.12 is a notoriously controversial verse because it can sound like Paul is saying we can work for our salvation. 
This would seem to contradict what Paul teaches elsewhere, which is that we are saved by grace through faith, not through works. It is important to recognize that the letter to the Philippians was written to people who had already been saved. It is also important to note that Paul calls out those who promote a works-based theology later in this letter. When we keep these things in mind, it becomes clear that Paul is not instructing readers to work for their salvation. Rather, he's teaching them to work out what it looks like to be saved. In other words, they were to live out the reality that they are a people who have been saved. Why do you think Christians through all generations have struggled to live as though they have been saved? If we have already been saved, why should it matter how we live? Second question. Would those who know you best describe you as someone who grumbles or someone who is glad? When do you tend to grumble the most? What could help you choose gladness in those moments? Today, the scripture ends with this verse that's kind of interesting. And we do have some allusions to the Old Testament, which is, you know, Paul's kicking it old school. Yeah, kicking it's probably, it's just like so close to his heart. He can't not. He can't help. Just flows out of him. It's very his, similar it's his, to his vocabulary. a certain theologian that I know. Who's that? You. Oh, it's you. Somebody says. Spoiler, it's you. You can't <laughs> so not. <laughs> literally speaking in Old Testament sayings. Hebrew. Yeah. And it's like, Brendan, we're talking, about, sheet, we're talking about video production. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. But the scripture ends with this verse. It's very interesting. But even if I'm poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming oh, from your faith, yeah. I am glad and I rejoice with you. What is that? What is what? <laughs> Pour, if I am poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, what's Paul talking about? With this, like, I am poured out like a drink offering and all this stuff. Like, I have no context for yeah, this. Yeah, this is this is fun stuff. We actually have a photo mm-hmm. in the book, I believe, right? We do. Yeah, is it for today? Start? For today? <laughs> for today? <laughs> I don't have the book. An altar at an Philippi. altar. Yeah, it was a common thing both in the Gentile world, the Greek world where the Philippians lived, but also in Jewish society for people to offer variety of types of offering. And one type was something called a drink offering. It was just like a cup of wine or whatever that's poured on the altar. He picks up that language here that would have been familiar to people from a Jewish background, but also from the Philippian background because they practice the same type of thing there too. Mm -hmm. And basically it's helpful to know like what he's talking about here before this. He's encouraging the Philippians to really to live a life worthy of the gospel, right? That Mm -hmm. first command, he says, I want you now that you've been saved to be a type of people who are united, who aren't grumbling, who aren't complaining to one another. Mm -hmm. Because that's really what's going on here. And he says, if you do that, you're going to shine like stars. And I'm going to be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. That's verse 16. And then verse 17. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. He's talking about how he considers his own life to be sort of like a drink offering that's poured Mm -hmm. out, that he's giving himself up in some ways, just like Jesus really Mm -hmm. sacrificed his life for us. Well, that's interesting you say that about grumbling, because I feel like letters... You kind of have to have context when you receive Mm. or you write a letter of what happened before and there's shared information that happens. So like in this section of scripture today, 
you don't really get the whole story. For you kind sure, of have yeah. to read between the lines. There's this implication that people are grumbling. Yeah. And so you kind of imagine situations that might be taking place. But what is Paul really saying to these people in Philippi? Yeah. So like filling in the backstory a little bit here. Yeah. As best as I could guess. Or anybody Please can. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one thing we'll notice as we continue reading the book, we've already seen this, that Paul is encouraging them to have unity with mm-hmm. one another. And so he uses different kind of vocabulary to describe this. In chapter one, verse 27, earlier, we talked about this. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. And so mm-hmm. there he's using unity language. In yesterday's podcast, we talked a lot about this idea that we should value others above ourselves. So mm-hmm. obviously there's some sort of like dissension, some sort of disunity. Selfish division. ambition, yeah. mm-hmm. being conceived. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we keep on reading. We'll eventually mm-hmm. discover in chapter four, he actually names a couple of individuals who are specifically having some sort of fight. He says in chapter four, I plead with you, Euodia. That's a mouthful there. <laughs> plead with you, plead Euodia. with you, Euodia. And Syntyche, I plead with you, Syntyche, to be of the same mind. Mm-hmm. And I've evidently, we know for sure that these two women had some sort of dispute. And whether that's at the heart of what he's talking about here or not, we can't be certain. But mm-hmm. that was obviously a key dispute that was happening in the church and it was infecting everything else that was going on yeah. with Philippian Christians. I think what you can definitely say is true, apparently then, and definitely now, is that most of us are pretty self-aware and self-promotional. I would say like in general, our culture with the amount of selfie cameras that we mm-hmm. have options for. We have a selfie slow-mo cam now on what? a new iPhone. Have you tried that? Really? No, I haven't tried that. What do you, do you want you have your... The... Have you tried that? <laughs> what do you I, don't, want... I don't even have a new iPhone. So. <laughs> I don't want to see my face in slow motion. Yeah, no, that's the last thing I want to see. Well, now that you think about it, I bet you can make some pretty funny faces. That's true. But like, what type of culture I know. do you need that much variety for a right. selfie camera? Mm. Right. And not only is like a selfie camera is a camera you can only use by yourself... You're or not with like inviting a group of people, but you're not inviting other people in to, to be like, be, hey, can you take a yeah. picture? Take a group so now you exactly. don't have to talk to anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's interesting the parallels between what Philippi is having struggles with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's selfishness, it's vain conceit, self-promotion, and kind of where we're at today. And I love the way that Paul kind of gives a remedy for today's thing, and it's we should do everything without grumbling or complaining. So it's not only don't be self-centered, but also don't be grumbling and complaining. And this is like a prescription for how we should live once Mm -hmm. we've been saved, once we've been changed by the gospel of Christ. But if we have already been saved by the gospel, why does it really matter how we live? This is one of the discussion questions. Why does it matter how we live? Right. Well, I think, I mean, it says it right there. It says, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And I think some people are like, once I ask Jesus into my heart, like, I'm good, I can live however I want. Because I can just ask for forgiveness at any point. That's right. I'm forgiven, you know, covered by the blood. But I think when you realize that our purpose is to make Christ known in the way that we live out our lives, then it really does matter the way that you live. Because people are looking at you and saying, okay, well, if you made this commitment and you decided to follow Jesus, then like, why aren't you living like it? You know what I mean? So I think when we decide to live out our lives in a way that's worthy of the gospel, then we are bringing glory to God. So what does that like mean practically? Hmm. Like, does that mean that I have to be like Ned Flanders Holy, on, on The Simpsons? Holy, you know, like now <laughs> that I haven't watched in like ten years. But <laughs> right still, now, like, yeah, like, that? do I need to be like I need to wear sweater vests with like you know the tie and mm-hmm. just be very clean cut and stay within my lane and 
not question or do anything and just keep reading the Bible and follow all the Ten Commandments and no, I'm good? I don't. What does that mean? I was no. going to see how long you're going to carry <laughs> I know, that like, I have I more. <laughs> I have more. Keep going. Keep Please keep going. Yeah. <laughs> what else? <laughs> yeah, I think that some of this is just a fundamental misunderstanding of like what God's instructions are, why God, why he teaches us and asks us to do the things he does in scripture. And it's not because he's legalistic. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, when Jesus comes, God in the flesh, he calls out people who are legalistic because they've actually lost sight of what the law is about. They're fulfilling the law in the wrong way, the Pharisees at times. They're trying to do right actions without right motives. And the law is always about the intentions, the motives. God has a reason why he commands these, and he wants us to internalize it. Ultimately, because the law, God's instructions are meant to shape us, to make us into the people he wants to be, to make us really more and more like himself. God doesn't want to stop at salvation with you. There's this process. Paul uses this word sometimes. He calls it sanctification, where Mm -hmm. he wants to take you from what you were and make you into what he knows you can become. And so that's really the vision that Paul's laying out here. If you do what God asks, if you live as people who don't grumble and complain, that Mm -hmm. just one thing you're not supposed to do. You actually become pure and blameless. You stand out in this world because we live in a world full of people who do this. And I think it's actually attractive. Like, Mm -hmm. how often do you like really being around people who complain? Mm. I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) What's it like to hang out with (laughs) that, Brendan? That is why we do the podcast and we walk in. No. Wow. Oh, man. That's hilarious. I love you, Tyler. I mean, mean, seriously. like, No, yeah. It makes you feel like you're grumpy and complaining. Like, you kind of take on sometimes their attitude when you're around somebody that's like that. Nobody yeah. wants to I think feel there's like something that. attractive about being with people like who have a positive mm-hmm. perspective on life. Oh, yeah. And well, it says right here at the end of this verse that we intro the day with, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. For me, the word that sticks out is among them. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't shine out unless you are among them, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the interesting part that's about good. being different. Yeah is you have to be with people that show that you're different. And for me, it's like, you have to ride this tension of Mm -hmm. being this clean cut Ned Flanders type. (laughs) You don't have to be Ned Flanders. (laughs) (laughs) Brendan, you can be Ned Flanders (laughs) and the rest of us. I just want to be Melissa. You can be Melissa. (laughs) Sorry. Keep on going. But it's this idea of like, you have to be still living in the same world that everybody else is. Otherwise, you will not be recognized as different because you won't be recognized among those circles. You'll just be hanging out in church with all your other church friends. <laughs> kind of like talking your about safe the same bubble. Yeah. 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 There is a level of discomfort that comes with having to shine like a star. A star only shines because of the darkness that's mm-hmm. around it. Yeah. That's good. That is good. Hmm. Why is life better if we're saved? Hmm. Why, when I see all those people over there having fun, mm-hmm. should I live within God's purpose? I mean, I think because the things that look like fun and what everybody else is doing are very temporary, you know, and when we follow the Lord and when we are trusting in Him um, and seeking after Him, like we realize like how we're living is hopefully bringing more people into the kingdom, but also living in a sense of heavenward, you know, that we're living for something that lasts. Yeah, it's, this may look good Mm -hmm. and may seem good for now, but really what Christ is calling us to is something that's better. Mm Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us today for the Journey Through Philippians podcast. To check out even more resources like videos from Philippi, children and family resources, and ebooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org. And follow us on Instagram at willowcreeknS. Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag willowjourney. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check out willowcreek.org. We'll see you tomorrow.